The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want to ask you about your life. I want to ask, how is your adventure coming along? How is your adventure coming along? Because when God called you into life, he called you into adventure. So how is your adventure coming along? I want to talk to you today about your story. Uh, We've been in this series about your story, specifically what God is doing in your life, what he has done, what he's doing, and focusing today on what he is about to do and what he is going to do. Your story, both past, present, and future, just as all stories have a past, present, and future, yours does as well. And today we're going to look at some pretty epic things that hopefully will stir you and stimulate you to live your life with a greater passion, with greater definition, with greater distinction when you have a better understanding what God is saying about your future. And so uh, we talked recently about our past. We've been doing this series. And in our past, one of the takeaways that we said is uh, don't let your past interfere with your future. Uh, And that is important because many people, their past does interfere uh, with their future. And uh, when God enters our life, hopefully we had this moment, most of us in this room, and if you haven't, today will be an opportunity. There's a time in your journey and we have our past and everything we've been through and where we came from and, and all this stuff in our life. And yet we have this encounter, hopefully, with the cross of Jesus Christ. And at that place, radical transformation... There is a great exchange. Awesome, epic, monumental things happen. And when this happens, when we have this encounter with Jesus at the cross, God's story becomes our story. And that's when we learn to put our past in its place. This is where we have this radical, intentional transformation. And we begin to testify and tell what God did. That was our past. That is where we came from. It's not that we forget it, but we refuse to let our past dictate our future because we had this encounter with the cross. And then we talked about our present and the present that we're living in right now. This part of our story, the here and now today is a, is a life, it's an adventure that is by faith and not by sight. And we talked about that in detail because without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're saved by faith. The whole journey's by faith. And we talked uh, intently about the kind of level of faith. If you want to walk in adventure, the kind of adventure God has for you, Faith is an enormous key. It always has been an enormous key. When we look at the book of Hebrews and we see the hall of fame of those who walked in profound levels of faith, uh, regular people like you and I, that God did amazing things in their life, they all had these crazy levels of faith where they just simply trusted God on what he said. They didn't walk on what they saw. They walked in what God said. And because of that, God rewarded them and he met them when they took steps believing, God honored them and their lives went on to bless many and we read about them today. So the present is a, is a walk by faith and today the focus is your, your future. What lies ahead and how you can best navigate what is about to come in the next years to come. And when you look at a lot of stories, there is the past, the present, but the way it ends is pretty monumental. Uh, usually you don't watch a movie and say the best part was the beginning. Or the, usually the best part is the end. How does this thing wrap up and how do you come across the finish line? And uh, that's what we're going to look at today. But I would say what you do with your story is really up to you. 
God has a plan, a great plan. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, not to harm you, but to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. He's got a wonderful plan, but we have to cooperate and walk in the adventure with him. Some sit back and say, no, I'm not going to do that, and the adventure never happens. But by faith, I believe the adventure does happen. Your future story, the part that's yet to be lived, has not been told. It hasn't been experienced yet. It's right in front of you. Your future story begins here and now, going forward, and what it will look like, what type of adventure is all going to depend on what God says about your future, your perspective, my perspective, and how we, we walk this out. In fact, I would say so much of our future is based on how we see things, how we see things, our view of things. Our future is going to be based on how you and I see things. Our future is also going to be based on the things that we're not seeing that we should be seeing. And that's the focus today. What are we not seeing that we should be seeing? Because I believe this monumentally changes our future. There's a story in 1952 of a woman named Florence Chadwick. And she decided she wanted to be the first woman to ever swim from California to Catalina. And so she got out there and she started swimming this 26 miles out in the ocean. A boat goes alongside her looking for sharks and trying to assist her if she needs it, but she can't get in the boat. She's swimming and she's swimming and she's swimming. And after 15 miles, a big fog starts to roll in. And as she's coming up for air and looking, the fog is blocking her view. And pretty soon she can't see anything. And she's trying to swim in a direction, but she doesn't see anything, and she doesn't know her destination. And after swimming another mile, she says, that's it, I give up, I quit. The boat comes over, and the boat picks her up. And as she gets in that boat, the boat's just teetering out there on the ocean. She just looks out ahead, and she's like, oh my goodness, the shore was just one mile away. Her journey, she quit early because she did not see When we don't see, we lose perspective. When we lose perspective, we lose hope. And that's why it's important for all of us in the room to see what God wants us to see. He wants us to see things. He wants us to know things. He wants us to not lose hope and keep perspective. And we should learn from her story. The moral is, guys, you are closer than you think. You are closer than you think to your destination and to what God has For the fulfillment in this life, he's got things in front of us, but we're not seeing it. We see things foggy. We give up, we lose hope, and we want to jump in the boat. And the Lord's saying, keep your eyes on the prize, trust in my promises, walk in faith, and he's got great things ahead. But our perspective should be the same. So my prayer today is that you and I will navigate our lives. Uh, Our future will be with vision and with clarity and perspective. Because the swimmer lost vision and lost clarity and lost perspective and quit. And to be honest with you, there are believers in the faith, people who have said yes to Jesus, that are walking with Jesus well. And when things started to get foggy or things start to get cloudy, they too want to quit and jump in a boat and stop running the race. You may know people in your life. I know people in my life that stopped running a race. They stopped living by faith. Because they went through a foggy season. And we don't like foggy seasons. They're not fun. We don't like when we can't see what's ahead. Nobody does. So it isn't fun and it can hurt and it can be painful. But you got to swim through it because you got to trust in the one who says what your future is. Amen? 
You got to trust in the one who's telling you about your future. So today we're looking at a passage. It's Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to that or on your device, however you read your word. And what's cool about this passage, this is a passage about your story. It's a lens of your story in scripture about past, present, and future all in one scripture. It's a lens of your story, your adventure, your where you're from, what you went through, and, and what God is calling you to. So this is an important uh, picture of your story, your salvation, your testimony, and we're going to look at it in sections, and hopefully it'll give us some perspective today that we can hold on to so we can live with a different kind of action uh, in our lives. It says this in verse 1, Ephesians chapter 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. This is looking at the monumental transformation. It's talking about we had a past, our past was real, and our position, our position and the position of everyone on planet Earth with a pulse outside of Jesus, it says in Scripture that we are dead in our sin because our sins blocks relationship with God. We were all in this case. That was our position on, listen, on that side of the cross. Everyone say that side of the cross. On that side of the cross, that's really what our position was when we lived on that side of the cross. There was unforgiveness in our life. There was lack of purpose in our life. There was really no future in our life, and really death was our future. The Bible says we were dead in our transgressions. That's simply God's perspective, the scriptural truth, the spiritual reality of where we were on that side of the cross. And then through an encounter with Jesus, through the cross of Jesus, where all kinds of radical, profound life change begins, this is where transformation happens. Jesus said, I can do for you what you can't do for yourself, and it's completely free. It's a free gift of grace. Come and receive my provision, but I ask that you turn and follow me and start walking with me. And so many of us in this room have had an encounter with the cross of Jesus where you come and you receive what he paid for you. You say, thank you. I'm not worthy, but I'll take it. Yes, I turn, I follow, I believe. And at the cross of Christ, all kinds of cool stuff happens. We receive his provision for us. We receive his forgiveness. We receive new beginnings. Uh, It's a place where all the wrongs that we have done, all of them, everything we've done gets nailed there with Jesus. We leave it there. We come to the cross with backpacks. We come to the cross with a dump truck load of stuff and we dump it all on Jesus. And Jesus says, that's fine. Bring me more. I'll take it all. I'll take it all. And we can come and dump all of Jesus like I, I died for that. That's okay. Give it all. So we come to the cross with all of our stuff And we leave there liberated. But listen, not just all the wrongs that we have done. Listen, all the wrongs done to us. Not just the wrongs we have done, but all the wrongs done to us. When Jesus died for the sins of the world, Jesus is like, I'll take that. I'll take that. I just want to remind you guys what happens at the cross. This is important. 
because sometimes we forget exactly what happened at the cross. We know some of the things, and we, we keep walking in our life realizing, well, wait a second, why are we even carrying this? Why are we miscolored in our view and our perspective when all of that stuff was really dealt with at the cross? But maybe we didn't do business fully with God at the cross. Maybe we only did a little business with God. Maybe we didn't do all the business we needed to do at the cross because all the wrongs we have done and all the wrongs done to us were nailed there with Jesus at the cross. And that is where God's story became our story. Our story was without God, and then our story became God's story. God's story. I did this, but God. God intervened. I turned. He paid away. He put his spirit in me. He gave me inside perspective revelation. He gave me a hope and a future and purpose. God's story becomes our story. That's where the story really begins. We have our past, we have our present, and we have our our future. And this is when you learn, you learn, because God's telling us this, to put your past in its place. When you've had an encounter with the cross, you have to put your past in its place. We said, yesterday died last night. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. If we don't put our past in its place, we continue to drag with us stuff that was dealt with on the cross, and we ignore the full provision of the cross. Jesus is like, why are you walking away with that? Bring it back to me. I, I came for that. Leave it here. Don't just take the forgiveness and walk away with the rest. Leave it all here. So that's what happens at the cross. It's amazing. It's profound. And this is why the Apostle Paul, even though God was using him to do so many amazing things, he goes, you know what? Here's what I'm committed to do. And Paul's preached on a lot of different things. He goes, I'm committed to preach Christ and Christ crucified. Because at the cross, so many epic things happen. I have to just keep going back to the reality of the cross. It is so powerful, so profound, so much life change. It might sound simple, but so many don't get it, and he camps out on the cross because transformation happens there. The Bible says, to those who are perishing, the cross is foolishness. They don't get it. They look at the cross. They don't understand the provision. They don't understand what happened. They just go, whatever. And, and Paul goes, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. We know what happened there. Life change, transformation, revelation, a new future, putting his spirit, everything happened there. So to us, we get it. And others sometimes go, yeah, I don't get it. And that's why Paul says, I'm going to keep telling people about it because that's where everything happens. Everything went down. According to Jesus, that's where you become a new creation. You become a new creation. And because of that, you no longer live in the past. Listen, there's that side of the cross and then there's the cross and because of the cross, listen, you and I no longer live on that side. Everyone say that side. that side. There is two different sides, family. And there's that side and there's this side. And we can't live on that side of the cross anymore. You got to know that because if you're going to walk into things about your future, you got to know God's called you to live on this side and not on that side. I say that because Christians can easily do this. The Galatian church, it bothered Paul. He's writing a letter and he's like, what's up with you guys? He's writing to an entire church of Christ followers, Christians, believers, and guess what they were doing? They had an encounter with the cross and yet the way they were living was right back on the other side of the cross. They were doing everything that people under the law do. And he's like, what's up with you guys? Did you forget that you had an encounter with the cross? 
Don't you remember you used to live there, you had an encounter, and now you're supposed to be living here, but you guys moved back and you're living over there. You gotta make sure you're not living on that side uh, of the cross. You no longer live in the past, you're living on the other side of the cross. This is where you're called to live. You used to live there, you had the encounter, and now you're on this side. And on this side, there's forgiveness and purpose and a future, a guaranteed future which will not go away, all these monumental things. And you and I know many who are still living on that side of the cross. And because they're living on that side of the cross, they don't really even have a similar worldview to you. They don't understand the convictions of God. They don't understand the ways of God. They don't understand the will of God. But the Bible says that they cannot understand them. The Bible says without the Spirit of God, you cannot discern the things of God. Just like when we were on that side of the cross, we didn't get it either. And you have an encounter with the cross, and then all of a sudden there's perspective, and there's, there's vision, and there's some clarity, stuff we didn't have before. And we're like, wow, God, a transformation really does happen at the cross. And that's why we're called to not live on that side, but to live on this side. So family, if there's one take home today, please don't forget what side of the cross you're living on. Amen? Please don't forget what side of the cross you're living on. Because like the Galatians, we can kind of go back. And, and, and the wrongs we've done and the wrongs done to us, we're camping out in those, we're immersed in those. And Jesus is like, no, that's on that side. You moved from that. You moved past that. We moved past that. We got to know what side of the cross we are on. So if you're a note taker, here's some really cool points that are going to help you walk in the fullness of the future that God's calling you to be in. Uh, it's going to hopefully help you like that swimmer who didn't see and quit, that you're not going to be like her, that you're going to swim through the unseen. Everyone say swim through the unseen. That's what God's calling you to do. He's calling you to swim through the unseen. And so this is what you got to remember. Here's our first point this morning is to write this down. I am now living my life between the cross and heaven. I, I'm now living my life between the cross and heaven. I used to live my life between life and death, and then I encountered the cross. And now that I've encountered the cross, now I'm living between the cross and heaven. This is the zone we're living in. We gotta remember that. This is your reality. This is your position. This is your spiritual, but you need to know this position. You need to believe it's your position. God says it's your position. We need to live our life and navigate like it really is because it really is. Death was conquered, so that means you, family member, you are conquering death as well. Not everybody you know is conquering death, but you are conquering death because you're already on this side of the cross. You're between the cross and eternity. You are conquering death. You need to know that because it doesn't always feel like that. When you're swimming in the fog, it doesn't feel like you're conquering death, but you are conquering death. Um, you don't just get to survive, you get to thrive in God's kingdom. And you're in Christ, so heaven is not going away for you. You've got this uh, eternity that's set that will not perish, fade away, or spoil. That is your future. You've got to know that. And so when we know that, we swim a little better through the fog, even though it's foggy. And even though we don't see, we swim by faith, we walk by faith, and we don't get discouraged, and we don't lose hope, and we don't lose vision, because God says these things about our future, and we continue to swim through the fog. 
Here's the second point this morning, and you got to hold on to this. My past is redeemed, and my future is secure. My past is redeemed. If you have things from the past that are still haunting you, I encourage you to go back to the cross that you came from and do more business with Jesus, because there's a lot of provision that happened at the cross. And sometimes we think, okay, that's cool. I made a decision. We move on. And we didn't really deal with everything that went down at the cross. Again, the wrongs we have done, the wrongs done to us, things about our past, and if you're walking between the cross and heaven and you still have things in your life that haven't really been redeemed or reconciled, I would encourage you to go back to King Jesus and say, Jesus, did you die for this? Was your provision? Am I missing something? Am I missing something about what you did on the cross? And the Bible calls it propitiation, which is the fullness, is the uh, is the term we use, theological term, excuse me, for covering everything you need, the full payment for everything that needed to be paid for. Not a partial payment for some of the things, a full payment for all of the things. And sometimes you and I miss out on some of the payment. It's already been handled, but we don't know that and we keep walking. Listen, you're walking between the cross and heaven, but at the same time, my past is redeemed, according to the cross, and my future is secure. That means you can swim with liberty, even through the fog, not pulling any of your past with you because it really has been redeemed. And if not, again, I encourage you to go back to the cross, ask King Jesus, read his word of exactly what was paid for you, the exact provision that was laid out for you. It's really important because some skip over it and never really got the full dimension of the magnitude of what happened uh, at that cross. So powerful. Changed the universe that day. That day in history, the whole universe changed. The whole universe, destinations for billions changed on that day. It was so powerful, and sometimes we got to go back personally. I know I do. I go back to the cross. I'm not done going back to the cross. I got to go back to the cross for things in my life and do business with Jesus, and that's where liberty happens. But I would encourage you, maybe you need to. Maybe you got things from the past still haunting you or things you haven't reconciled. We've been redeemed. Go back to the cross. My past is redeemed, my future is secure. But it's important that you know your true position. Because if you don't know your true position, like the swimmer, we're going to get confused. We're not going to know where we really are. In fact, we're not going to come to terms with our true identity. We're going to be a little confused about where we are and where we belong and how to get there if we don't really come to terms with our true perspective. We, we lose vision, we lose perspective, we lose hope, we lose vision. In uh, 1974, on an island off of the Philippines, it was reported that somebody saw what looked like, what looked like a Japanese soldier from many years earlier. And as they tried to approach the island, this man came out with a gun to shoot him, so they're like, we can't even go on this island. It was a little small island and it was uninhabited, except for this one guy who seemed to look like an old soldier and they used telephoto lens trying to look and they looked and it looked like Japanese boots that he had on and a Japanese rifle. And so they thought, how, how are we going to, this guy won't even let us approach him on this island. How are we going to approach this guy uh, to talk to him? Because he won't let anyone get near him. So everyone just left him alone. After they discovered him, he was on this island for 30 years and they discovered him, but they couldn't talk to him. So they ended up figuring out somehow by going back and research who was deployed in what area, looking back in the records and who could this guy be. And they come to find out 
that this guy, they identified him as Hiru Anoda. He was a World War II Army intelligence officer who refused to come out and put down his weapon. Until finally, after looking up his name, they found another comrade of his, an older gentleman living in Japan who actually was in the military with him. And they asked this old man, could you please come, and we're going to try to use a loudspeaker because he just wants to come out and shoot somebody. Uh, Can you please talk to him? Can you please talk? Tell him who you are. Maybe he'll remember you. So this man came out, and he, with this older comrade came out and eventually persuaded this guy to come out of hiding. And this old soldier came out of hiding. He came out slowly, and he came out very, very carefully. And at 83 years old, he wept uncontrollably as he slowly, slowly, slowly put down his rifle. See, he was unaware that the war was over 30 years ago. He was unaware that the war was over 30 years ago. He didn't have perspective. He didn't know his position. Does that make sense? There's many people living the same way. They don't know what war is over, and they don't know what their position is, and they've completely lost perspective like this poor old gentleman. But after 30 years, they explain, Sir, the war's been over for 30 years. For 30 years, this war has been over. If that guy had understood the war was over, he could have came back home and been the CEO of Toyota. He could have done something monumental, but he didn't know the war was over. And there's many people who don't know the war was over because they don't know what happened at the cross. It's important that you know your true position. It's important that you know that. But here's the good news, guys. You and I didn't fight in World War II. But there was a war for your soul and a war for mine as well. There was a war for your soul and a, soul for my, a war for mine as well. And the good news is you are not stuck on an island unaware. You're living in God's kingdom fully aware or should be fully aware. And my prayer today is this message helps us become fully aware of our position. The great news is this, guys, and you have to hold on to this. You are on the winning side. You are on the winning side. The war has already been won, and you are on the winning side. Is that a big deal? Yes, it's a monumental deal, because you're going to fight battles all the time, and some of them you don't feel like you're winning. Can I get a witness? Okay, but it doesn't matter if you win every battle, because check it out, you already won the war. You already won the war. The war has been won. It's not like, will it be won? I hope it gets won. I don't know if it'll get won. It's really hard to win. It doesn't matter. We try to win the battles, but ultimately we already won the war. And you swim through the fog differently when you know you already won the war. Amen? You swim differently. You live differently. You live by faith. You treat your battles completely different when you know you already won the war. So that's our third point this morning. Write this one down, please. Fight your battles knowing, knowing the war has already been won. And you're on the winning side. And nothing's going to change that. And to me, that's a great way to swim through the fog. That's a great way to live. Not unaware on an island, not knowing our position, fully aware of our position. Fully aware of our position. We may not win every battle, but we've already won the war, and that should give us perspective on everything we have to deal with. That should give us perspective. 
Uh, before we finish our Ephesians passage, I just want to read this quick passage out of 2 Corinthians because it kind of wraps this together. It says this, Therefore, 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, everyone say light and momentary. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here's our fourth point this morning, guys, is your momentary struggles are small compared to your future glory. Your momentary struggles, and we do have struggles, but guess what? They are momentary. They are small compared to your future glory. You might say, Pastor, you don't know what struggles I have. Well, they might seem really big to you, but I just want to tell you, Scripture says compared to the future glory, life is really, really short, and eternity is really, really long, and compared to the future glory, these momentary troubles are really small and short compared to that. I know right now we're in our own little worldview sometimes and we think it's monumental, but compared to that, they are small. You need to hold on to that one because you will swim through the fog even better. You will run your race even better. You will live your present and your future more victoriously. You will be living your life in the adventures of God when you hold on to this stuff. Your momentary struggles are small compared to your future glory. And finishing up our Ephesians passage. Now, this is something, guys, when... I've read over this for many years. Uh, maybe you have as well. Uh, but this time when I was reading it, I, I think the Lord was telling me to camp out on this one because this to me is a game changer. This is starting to shift my perspective. This is helping me to see through the fog in a way that I couldn't naturally see through the fog. But, but it's helping me see through the fog because God is, is putting this scripture in front of us today that like, do you see what I see? And a lot of times like, uh, no, Lord, I don't see what you see. And the Lord's like, can I give you a peek? <laughs> can I give you a glimpse? Can I show you what I see? Because if you see what I see, you'll live your life differently. And so this passage gives us this little glimpse of position and perspective, your position and perspective, that you may not have come to terms with. But I think if you do, you will live your future completely different in a whole nother level of power, in a whole nother level of adventure. Uh, it says this, Concluding our Ephesians passage, chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And God raised us up with Christ, and listen to this, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Not only did we go from being dead in our transgressions to alive in Christ from the cross, hallelujah, uh, because of God's great love, he didn't just make us alive. He didn't just take away penalties of death. He didn't just make us alive. He didn't just give us heaven in the future. Listen to this. God seated you, seated you in the heavenly realms with Christ. What does that mean? Now, you've read that before. And if you're like me, you go, uh, I don't get it, and you just move on. But I want you to get it today. This is what Paul is saying to the church. He's not saying someday when you die, don't worry, there's a reward for you someday. He's saying, let me just tell you what happened to you through the cross. You were dead in your transgressions. 
It's by grace you've been saved. You are alive in Christ, but listen, it doesn't end there. It gets better. You now are seated in the heavenlies with King Jesus. What does that even look like? And how can that be? Because I feel like I'm right here. In the natural, you are right here. But in the spiritual, do you understand that? Do you know the spirit is not limited to time and space? Do you know that? Your natural body is? And that's why it says our natural body, our days are numbered, our bodies decay, all these things. Yeah, But the spiritual, this is saying that even though you are here right now, that spiritually you have a position seated with Christ in the heavenlies, which is really an amazing idea. It's a novel concept. And I believe if you and I could just see it, if we could just see it, we would live our present and our future a little differently because the Bible is saying this is what's going on. It's saying since our life and our identity are in Christ, God sits us in a heavenly place with Christ. And this is what it's saying. It's not talking about future. It's talking about your present. It will also be your future. But that's the thing about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is something you step into now and you appreciate the fullness of it later, but you're already fully in it now and you experience more of it later. But this is talking about your spiritual position. You need to know this. The Bible says you are co-heirs with Christ. You are. Not someday maybe you'll be. The Bible says you are a co-heir with Christ. And you're like, well, I don't feel like it. I'm down here on the planet working out my stuff. That's right. In the natural, you are. But in the spirit, you are co-heirs with Christ. You've got to know this stuff because you swim through the fog a lot better when you know this stuff. You are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. As a Christian, listen, this is your position. And you need to know your position. Because if you don't know your position, you'll lose hope, you'll lose vision, and you'll start getting discouraged. You need to know this is your position. This is your new place of living. I'm living this life, and while I'm going through my stuff, and while I'm going through my battles, and yes, I might lose a battle once in a while, but guess what? I'm winning the war. And guess what? It doesn't feel good, but you know what? At the same time, I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Does that make sense? That's what's going on. That's not a twist or a weird view. This is what the Bible is, and this is what Paul is telling the church. Paul believed this. Paul lived that. And that's why when he was beaten and persecuted and shipwrecked and left for dead and flogged and stoned to death where they thought he died, and they walk away, and he just shakes the dust off and walks away a little sore. You're thinking, Paul, how do you live your life going through this stuff? He's like, well, I'm seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I might not win every battle, but I'm winning the war. You're like, wow, that's remarkable. I want to have that attitude too. I want to have that mindset too. I want to live an adventure in a victorious way too. But we got to hold on to some of these truths and promises of God. This, guys, is your new place of living. It is your new arena of existence. Guess what? Your citizenship, like it says in Philippians, your citizenship really is in heaven. The Bible tells you, have you heard this? The citizenship's in heaven? It really is. It's not, well, maybe someday it will. Hopefully I pass the test and I get... No, it already is. Your citizenship is in heaven. You are a co-heir with Christ. Your future is imperishable. It won't fade, spoil, or go away. You are a co-heir. You are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. These are truths now as you're sitting in this chair, in this room, you are also seated with Christ in the heavenlies. If you and I could only see that, if you and I could only get a picture of that, and I don't know if you can right now, just try this really quick, close your eyes for a second, and say, Lord, I know I'm seated in this chair right now, but you say I'm seated in the heavenlies, 
Give me, a, give me a glimpse, please, of what that looks like. That'll help me a lot. Give me a glimpse of myself. See, your word says it. I believe it. I want to walk by faith, not by sight. But God, show me a glimpse of what seated with Christ in the heavenlies with looks like. Thank you for that. I pray God gave you that. And if he didn't, I pray he does give you that. Because I think if you and I can see ourselves seated with Christ in the heavenlies, we will navigate trials completely differently. Completely, completely differently. You need to know it. Even though you don't feel like it, that is your position. Uh, you guys have heard this before, uh, maybe this story, about you got to know your position because if we don't, we, we, we lose hope. Uh, the story of the old man who was mining for gold and he actually mined for gold his whole life. He, was a gold, he went his whole life, he had his pickaxe, he had his shovel, he had dynamite, he had his lantern. And year after year after year, true story, chiseling away, chiseling away, chiseling away, finally goes, I'm not seeing it, forget it, I'm done. He puts down his shovel, he puts down his pickaxe, he puts down his lantern, and on the way out, takes a, leaves some dynamite behind, and on the way out, lights up some dynamite and caves the front of the, the cave in for his, the gold mine that he was trying to find gold and never did. So it just blew it up and called. Years later, years later, a company came by and opened up that mine. They moved the debris. They went all the way to the back, and when they went to the back, they found the old man's pickaxe and his shovel and his lantern and some dynamite. But they continued to tunnel. And within just one more foot, they found a major vein of gold, a major discovery of gold worth millions of dollars. But the man didn't see it, so he didn't continue. See, the man did not know his position. Had he known his position, he would have discovered gold. And many of us, even Christians in life, we fail to remember our position. We fail to walk in the life and the story and the destiny and the adventure God has, because we don't really know our position. My prayer is that we will know our position. The old man didn't know his position, but guess what? You know yours now. The swimmer who was swimming didn't know her position, but you know yours. And, and some are living their lives completely forgetting what's already theirs. What's already theirs? You have things that are already yours, but it doesn't feel like it. So we sometimes get discouraged and want to stop swimming and get in the boat. But it's already yours. You already have it. You already have it. It's already promised to you. Um, listen, we would fight our present battles in a place of absolute certainty if we held on to this stuff, guys, instead of uncertainty. We would fight our battles from a place of victory. We would enter the battle knowing, knowing, I've already won this war. I hope I win this battle. God, give me the grace and the favor. But I've already won this war. We would approach battles Knowing that. And I want to close on these last scriptures if the, if the worship team comes up. That would be great. Um, this is important, guys. It says this in Philippians 3.12. As you and I are in this part of our future, there's the past, there's the present, and there's the things ahead of us about to come. And Paul knows this very well. He's the one who told us our position is seated in the heavenlies, and you've got to come to terms with your citizenship really is in heaven. You really are a co-heir with Christ. But in the meantime, you and I are fighting through some stuff. We're working through some problems. We're trying to get ahead of some things. We've got some weights, and we've got some worries, and we've got some trials and some problems, and we're trying to find victory in some of these, trying to find some solutions. He says this in Philippians 3.12, Not that I have already attained all of this stuff, or already arrived at my goal, but I do this. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I'm not there yet, and I haven't arrived, and it doesn't feel like I've arrived, but I know he took hold of me, and I know he took hold of me for that. 
So I am going to continue to press on, and I am not going to quit. Quitting is not an option. Pulling over and stopping is not an option. I am going to swim through the fog. I am going to chisel through the rock for the glory of God. I will fight battles, and if I lose them, I still win the war. And that's a glorious thing to know. Well, listen, we talked earlier about the story of the woman, uh, Florence Chadwick, the swimmer that quit because she couldn't see. Two months, two months after that failed attempt, she tried to swim that thing once more. And once again, a thick fog rolled in. But this time, she said, I'm not going to let the fog dictate my destiny. I won't let the fog dictate my destiny. Some of you in this room, you've got to say, I am not going to let the fog dictate my destiny. She's like, this time, I'm not going to let it. I'm just going to keep aiming, and I'm going to keep swimming by faith. I'm going to keep swimming by faith. And guess what? A mile or two later, she hits the shore, and she becomes the first woman in history to swim from. I think we really have a picture of her for up here. She's the first woman to swim from the U.S. to Catalina item. But she didn't do that only. She, she went back and did it two more times, and she broke records doing it. She was also the first woman to swing, swim the English Channel both ways, both ways in record times. And she also swam the Straits of Gibraltar, which is crazy waves and everything. Like this woman rocks. She learned how to swim through the fog, to swim through the adversity. That's what God is calling you to do as well, and me as well. If we're going to be victorious, if we're going to live this part of our story, the the one right in front of us, if we're going to live it with adventure for the glory of God, we're going to have to learn how to swim through the fog. We're going to have to learn to not swim by what we see and what we feel. We're going to have to learn to swim based on the promises of God. Amen? And that's my prayer today, is that we will leave here going, God, my future's secure. The battle's already won. If you're for me, who can be against me? And even if I lose a fight, I'm winning the war. And and let's know our position all the way through. You are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. You are a co-heir with Christ. If God is for you, who can be against you? Paul says that like he means it. I think we need to mean it too. Let's close in prayer. Ask God to seal some of these things in our heart this morning. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of it. I pray today, Lord... Uh, that you would show us how to live, not just our present, but our future. Regarding our past, help us to put our past in its place fully. Uh, Help us to go back to the cross and deal with some of the things we haven't dealt with before. Uh, But Lord, uh, I pray that our present would be won by faith and our future would be one that we would see through the fog, we would swim through the fog, we would believe in your promises, we would not get hindered or slowed down or pushed back or buffeted, Lord, because you are for us, God. That we would live out the fullness of the destiny you're calling us to, the hope and the future you have for us. Uh, that we would do it by faith, we would live by faith, and that you would smile and you would get all the glory. We love you, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. Amen, guys. Hey, um, our prayer team is going to come up here if you need prayer for anything. I know. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.